and welcome to this week's episode from A Lancashire Lass with me, Lucy Baxter, as featured on BBC Radio 4 Extra's Podcast Hour and BBC Radio Manchester. Joining me today is Aaron Davis, a British water skier who went to study in the States. And so we're going to be chatting all about the experience of living in America and competing as a water skier. So Aaron, thank you so much for joining me. How are you today? Oh, I'm very good, Lucy. Thank you very much for having me. That's all right. Um, so I've obviously not spoken to you much since we left sixth form. So I'm like full of questions about what it was like for you studying in the USA. Um, but first of all, I want you to tell me like how you got into water skiing and like at what age you, you got into it. Um, I started, I've been around water skiing all my life. Uh, my family have always been water skiers. Uh, my granddad did it on his honeymoon uh, 60 years ago, nearly now. Um, and he said, I'm going to buy a boat when I get home. So he did. And then when my dad was born, he got into it. And then when I was born, my mum and dad and grandparents got me into it. So it's very much a family trait. Um, I've first time I stood on skis on the water was when I was 18 months old. Um, I, I stood on the front of my dad's skis and yeah it's all just gone from there really first time i stood on skis on my own would be i would have been about four or five i think something like that and i've never wanted to stop that's so young like four or five to have that balance and everything so what do you do like talk me through what it is i mean i know what it is but for people who might not know um and like how you compete in it is it like the fastest trips or what does it do yeah so you've got in tournament water skiing you've got three events slalom tricks and jump slalom is the most complex you go th- the boat goes through the middle of a course and you go from side to side skiing around buoys um and did you once you complete boys? how did you just say that buoys buoys boys yeah <laughs> that's, that's my americanness that i've gained while i've been there for four years um yeah, so you go around six boys, the boat stops at the end, you then speed up by two miles an hour, um, and then come back, and then you do the same six boys again, um, and then you speed up again until you get to 34 miles an hour for women, or 36 miles an hour for men, oh. and once you complete that run of six boys at 34 or 36, then you start to shorten the line, which makes it harder because you have to ski wider. Right. So that that slalom and the person with the most who gets around the most boys at the fastest speed and the shortest line length wins. And so how do you, how do you even get off like get onto the skis from like land? You stood up with them like on the water and then the boat goes. So how does that work? Yeah. So you put the ski on. And then you jump in the water and you start from in the water and then get pulled up on top of the water. That makes sense. So um, what would you compare it to? It, it's like, like you're swimming in the water and then the boat pulls you and you through your yeah, like balance, you get pulled up out of the water. And then you've got the second event, which is tricks. 
tricks is very much like gymnastics. Two runs of 20 seconds to do spins, flips, twists, all that kind of things. And then on the second run, you put the rope on your foot in a harness and you do spins and <coughs> flips all over like that. Um, and then jump, jump is simple. It's just go as far as you can off a, a five foot six for intermediate and for pros, they go off six foot ramp, basically as far as possible. There's no points for style. Uh, you use the your, your motion of the boat to go as far as possible. The boat is going 35 miles an hour. That's straight down a course as you edge out your gain speed and you're trying to get the most speed possible so you can go off the ramp and go as far as possible. And which of the three do you do? I I do all three, but I'm best at slalom because I'm taller and that helps me get around the boys at short and line length. So I've got a bit more stretch going around those boys. And then, and so like living in Bolton or wherever, like around the area where did you train when you were younger and like at what age did you start doing it like professionally or like com at a competitive level for years i skied at a place in wigan called three sisters as uh, a guy dug it on his own uh, man-made lake um put a slalom course in it filled it up and that's where i trained for a long long time uh, i also skied at a place in Lincoln called Hazelwood Ski World. And we had a, a caravan over there, a static caravan, and stayed there at the weekends and skied there. Um, and then in the past few years, I've been coming down where I am right now in Oxford, uh, Oxford Wakeboard and Ski Club, um, working here, skiing here. It's been fun. So, and I think you asked um, when I started competing. I started competing uh, when I was about seven or eight. I think I was eight or something like that, when I could run the course well and got up to a certain level. Um, so I first started skiing like competitively when I was about eight, I would say. And then my first international tournament would have been when I was 13 in 2012. We went to the Netherlands. That's incredible, like being so young. And then I remember you went off for a competition in sixth form because you'd missed Christmas ball. <laughs> and then um, yes. where was that? Like, what was that competition? Uh, that was the under 17 World Championships uh, that was held in Chile, mm -hmm. in Santiago. And that was every skier uh, under 17 that's the under 17 category um skied in that tournament and i trained obviously the tournament was uh, at the start of january and in england it's cold it's harder to ski ski with a dry suit on it's like a big bag it's not easy to ski so i was fortunate enough to be able to go and ski in florida in the states for about three weeks before the tournament so i could get fully trained and ready ready for the tournament and uh that was really good fun really enjoyed that tournament i did really well as well i came second in slalom so second in the under 17 category in the world that was really good fun and i enjoyed that a lot and but yeah i did miss about 
two weeks of school during eight levels and that was hard that was really hard yeah and you missed Christmas ball. Like that was that's like I missed Christmas ball. That was that was a big bit. That was a big never hit. letting you never letting you get over that. Um so then how's your training? How do you train for that? I'm, I'm presuming you have to do like land training as well to make sure like you're strong to hold the um string the attack. rope. The rope. Yeah. Rope. Yeah. rope rope and handle, handle on the end of the rope. Well, yeah, especially in the winter, you do quite a lot of gym work. You know, making sure that you know you're staying fit. You know, I go out on a on a road bike quite a lot, especially when I'm back in the UK, um, especially around here in Oxford. Um, you know, just keep keep fit. You know, keep as strong as you can over the winter. And then for me personally, I kind of slow down with the gym work as the skiing starts picking up again because obviously when it's cold, it's not as easy to ski. Um, you can ski through the winter. I do sometimes, but nowhere near as much. So as soon as the skiing starts picking up again, more sets, the more the more sets I do, you know, that's when we go out. That's what we call it, a session. And then we, I start to slow down on how much I'm going to the gym per week. So like in the winter, I probably go five times a week to the gym, but like right now, I'm I'm actually not going to the gym at all. I'm just riding the bike as well, which is which is good. Um, so I've obviously not spoken to you much since we left sixth form. So I'm like full of questions about what it was like for you studying in the USA. Um, but first of all, I want you to tell me like how you got into water skiing and like at what age you you got into it. I just train by just by skiing, really. You know, it, it helps. It, I use it to keep fit as well. You know, I really find that skiing for me is a lot of takes a lot of fitness so that's what i would that's what i do in the summer really just ski <laughs> do you find because you've been so dedicated and like resilient and determined and all those like characteristics do you find that it's like affected when you were growing up like your social life or like with your friends and that because you'd be concentrating so much uh, on water skiing yeah i mean when i was younger when i was in primary school like your mates and like early early secondary school like when your mates would call around to your house and say hey you want to come out we'll go to the park i'm like oh quite often i wouldn't be in because i'd be at the ski lake or you know i'd be like just about to go out or you know i've got a tournament the next day so i shouldn't really go out you know in that respect yeah that really you know with school friends that's like i mean you'll you guys were one of some of my best schoolmates uh, still are and, oh and thanks so much and you know it was in terms of school friends it was hard um but on the other hand i've got all of my friends that i've gained in the ski world as well which is it's you know there's benefits and there's cons to that as well you know everyone knows each other a little bit too well sometimes um you know and there's just a lot of people and then eventually those friends start becoming your competitors you know so it's good to have friends in both worlds if that makes sense yeah definitely i remember we were all like if you weren't in we'd be like oh he's, he's off competing or it'd be like very cool um, yeah have like a, a i was very lucky with, with school where in in sixth form once i could drive myself and even before that, my mum came and picked me up from school during sport. 
So instead of doing sport, like for school, I got um, an exemption and I was I managed to go and train at the ski lake in Wigan, which is only like half an hour away. Um, so I was very lucky in that respect as well. Like yeah. when I was in sixth form. Yeah. And what about like injuries? Have you have you ever had any? I know you have, um, but can't, I can't remember how you had that massive like foot on your boot on your foot, not foot on your boot. Yeah, Crutching. I've had few injuries in my time um my first one i did was i was about i would say i was 12 yeah i was i was 12 and i basically i hit the boy and it basically twisted my foot a little bit um and it and it and i broke my ankle i broke my tibia and fibia like i fractured both of them which hurt a little bit especially when you're 12 and then when the doctor says, hey, you can't ski for eight weeks, I was like, oh, right, okay, you know, when I was 12, I, I didn't feel that great, and I was like, oh, no, you know, what do I do with myself? Anyways, that school came into it a lot more then, um, and then when I was in sixth form, I actually, I had a jump crash, I went out the back that's what we call it when your skis come in front of you and you land on the water on your back oh. um but one of my skis caught the water and again like twisted my foot a little bit and i did what's called a list frank fracture um it basically the bottom of my foot the tendon didn't tear it pulled a little bit of the bone off but fortunately i didn't have to have any surgery or anything it just healed itself back up but yeah that's what happened in sixth form um how long were you on crutches for then for then i was in i was on crutches for uh, about 10 weeks because i couldn't put any weight on that foot because how i like what what a liz frank fracture is called it's i started i've been around water skiing all my life uh, my family have always been water skiers uh, my granddad did it on his honeymoon uh 60 years ago nearly now um and he said i'm gonna buy a boat when i get home so he did and then when my dad was born he got into it and then when i was born my mum and dad and grandparents got me into it so it's very much a family trait um i've first time i stood on skis on the water was when i was 18 months old wow. um i i stood on the front of my dad's skis and yeah, it's all just gone from there, really. First time I stood on skis on my own would be, I would have been about four or five, I think, something like that. And I've never wanted to stop. That's so young, like four yeah. or five, to have that balance and everything. So what yeah. do you do? Like, talk me through what it is. I mean, I know what it is, but for people who might not know, um, and like how you compete in it, is it like, the fastest okay. of the tricks or what does it do? Yeah. So you've got in tournament water skiing, you've got three events, slalom, tricks, and jump. Slalom is the most complex. You go, th the boat goes through the middle of a course and you go from side to side skiing around buoys. Um, and did once you, you complete- boys? How did you just say that? Buoys? Buoys, boys. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's my Americanness that I've, <laughs> gained while i've been there for four years um yeah so you go around six boys 
the boat stops at the end, you then speed up by two miles an hour um, and then come back. And then you do the same stick boys again. It's how your foot stays together rather than being stood and all your all your um, your toes don't spread apart. If that makes sense. Like it keeps your arch of your foot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I couldn't put any weight on it until that bone had fully healed. And if it if I put weight on it before, you know, that could cause damage. You know, looks you know, yeah, too soon. No, because I remember we were dri- we were driving you around a lot, like in yeah, that last. I had, you were- yeah. Chauffeur driven yeah. to Mackies and everything. <laughs> driven to Mackies and the yeah, uh, and lunch breaks. Um, all the racing we used to do to get there first, and you'd be oh, like, yeah. Yeah. You look one point. You got an Audi out of Vauxhall Corsa. Of course, you were going to win. <laughs> no, I just remember like shoveling you into the car, like get in the car. We're going to win this race. I think it was against Taylor or someone. Oh. I remember being like, get in the car, and you were like hobbling, and I was like, come on. <laughs> um, yeah. So, with water skiing, do you have boots or like shoes, or how do your feet attach yeah. to your skis? I use what's called a hard shell boot. It's similar to a ski boot. It like it clips onto the ski. The ski comes off. The the ski and the boot can come apart. So that's another safety thing you know if you put too much pressure in the wrong place at the wrong time like if you crash for instance the boot come off so it tries to prevent injury as much as possible uh, some people what's called use what's called a wily boot which is just all rubber basically um which is they're, they're not the best in terms of safety but people use them still um but yeah those are those are the boots we use that's, and then it's clipped onto the ski, a bit like a snow ski boot. Yeah, very interesting. Um, so then I went off to university in Liverpool. You went off to Louisiana, am I right? Yep. Yeah, yep. I knew it was a name. Um, so how did you choose and why did you choose to study there? And was that directly linked to good water skiing accessibility in the States? Yeah, so... Um, and then you speed up again until you get to 34 miles an hour for women or 36 miles an hour for men. Oh. And it, once you complete that run of six boys at 34 or 36, then you start to shorten the line, which makes it harder because you have to ski wider. Right. So that, that's slalom. And the person with the most, who gets around the most boys at the fastest speed and the shortest line length wins. And That's how do you, how do you even get off like get onto the skis from like land? You stood up with them like on the water and then the boat goes. So how does that work? Yeah, so you put the ski on and then you jump in the water and you start from in the water and then get pulled up on top of the water. That makes sense. So um what would you compare it to? it's like like you're swimming in the water and then the boat pulls you and you through your like balance you get pulled up out of the water and then you've got the second event which is tricks tricks is very much like gymnastics two runs of 20 seconds to do spins flips twists all that kind of things and then on the second run you put the rope on your foot in a harness 
and you do spins, flip all over like that. Um, and then jump, jump is simple. It's just go as far as you can off a, a five foot six for intermediate and for pros, they go off six foot ramp, basically as far as possible. There's no points for style. Uh, you use the your, your motion of the boat to go as far as possible. The boat is going 35 miles an hour that's straight down a course. As you edge out your gain speed and you're trying to get the most speed possible so you can go off the ramp and go as far as possible. And which of the three do you do? I I do all three, but I'm best at slalom because I'm taller and that helps me get around the boys at short and line lengths. So I've got a bit more stretch going around those boys. And then, and so like living in Bolton or wherever, like around the area, where did you train when you were younger? And like, at what age did you start doing it like professionally or like com at a competitive level? When I was at Bolton, I, you know, everyone starts doing UCAS stuff, you know, uh, uh, you know, in year 13. And I started doing it as well. And obviously I'd missed a bit of time for my, the world, the under 17 world. So I missed about two weeks of school. So I was still catching up on that a little bit, which was hard. And then putting Newcastle on top of it, you know, I'd already had in my head that I kind of wanted to go, um, but I always wanted a fallback. So I still applied to UCAS. Um, well, I started applying to UCAS anyway. I was doing my, like my personal statements, things like that. And I realized that, you know, I did. this is not what I want to do. You know, it's not what I wanted to do. So I wasn't putting enough effort in, like, you know, to my to my UCAS application. I'm like, why am I doing it? You know, it's taking taking time. I can focus more on my exams. Um, and then I, I put in my application to University of Louisiana at Lafayette and I got accepted. So I was like, why do I need to keep doing my UCAS if I've got accepted? And this is my this is this is the way I want to go. Mm. So that, that, that's that's why that came about. And I also knew that I still wanted to ski. In England, it's hard to find a university that's really close to skiing. And also it's just, it, and getting the studying and the skiing is hard. There's not many people that in England that have studied in England and carried on their professional water ski career. So I decided um, in the year 13, which is quite late really to decide something like this. I decided to go to America, to Louisiana and study because um, we've got a water ski team in in Lafayette at the university, so I compete for the university as well when I'm out there. Um, free skiing, I get my tuition paid for through scholarship that I've earned. And yeah, so I was like, well, I get my education and I get my free skiing as well. So it's like, well, where, where's, where's the bad side to this yeah, for me? For myself, it, it worked really well. Now, however, for someone who wants to study medicine, for instance, you know, we might you might have to figure something out a little bit. But for what I wanted to do, um, I kind of wanted to do mechanical engineering or something to do with it. And I, I found the perfect course for me out there. And yeah, that, that, that's what made me do it.
So what did what was the course you did in the end? I'm doing a course called Industrial Technology. Um, it's, bit, it's still in the School of Engineering. Um, you know, it, it, it's like, you know, you've got all your engineering subjects, like civil, chemical, mechanical, mm -hmm. all things like that. And they've got very deep knowledge in like, in the mechanics of something or, you know, I know I'm, you know, it's a bit of a stereotype, but civil engineers build bridges type of thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But as an industrial technologist, you get a broad width of knowledge about everything, you know. So you get you get a bit of information about everything rather than depth of knowledge about one subject. Yeah. That makes sense. So it's a little bit of everything, which is like perfect for me, really. Yeah, that honest. would suit you better, I think. Yeah. From what I remember at school. Yeah. So how does it work in America? And this is going to be the most stereotypical comparison I'm going to give you in the world. Um, so in my opinion, you turn up, you give you live in halls or something. Do you join a fraternity house? Is it like bad neighbours and like Zac Efron's there? And, you know, you've got those parties, cheerleaders, yeah. jocks, sophomore year, all this stuff. Like, what does it all mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, you do... Um... In Louisiana, fraternities and sororities aren't quite as big as like somewhere like LA or anything like that, you know. But we we do have fraternities. I haven't joined one. Um, they're quite expensive. You have to pay per year or per month. You know, it's a few hundred dollars per month to be part of one. What's it called? Uh, the Louisiana one. Uh, there's there's loads of like they're called different chapters. So there's Chi Alpha. They're like Greek letters. You know, like yeah, it's one for like Delta side. I think it's in bad yeah. numbers. <laughs> yeah, there's one. Um, yeah, if you've ever seen like Van Wilder or or American Pie, you know they're all like Greek letters. Uh, there's one uh, of the girls' sororities called Tri Delta, so that's Delta Delta Delta. Um, but I haven't joined one. I've got enough to do with my skiing as well. So I'm yeah. like, yeah, that's what that's what. You know, you can join a fraternity, you know, and there is house parties quite a lot. You know, I've been to a like a fraternity party and that was good. I actually went to one when we were visiting friends in Alabama and that was fun. That was really good fun. Is it like, is it just like in bad, on Bad Neighbours, like wild? Not quite, not quite as wild as that. But, you know, that's taking it, you know. I love it. Uh, I think it, it, it has been known to happen, but not other parties that I've been to. No. Um, but it, it, they are, they can, parties can be good fun. But I don't do too much partying. Not that no. much. <laughs> you're an angel, child. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, how many years is your course? And also, talk me through the whole sophomore something, something. I don't know what they are. Okay, well, the the course is usually four years. Uh, you kind of have a lot more control how long you're going to be there for it compared to like British University, from what I've understood. Like, you, you choose classes every semester, like so every half a year, you choose what classes you want to do. And then once you've done those classes, you kind of forget about them, like they're going towards your degree. So you do five classes each semester, and if you do those, you graduate in four years. Um, but if you want to take it a little bit easier, 
or you you have you have trouble at some point or if you you can actually switch your degree um you can take a little bit longer which isn't a problem really so I, it's usually four years i'm doing an extra semester um because with covid and everything no no ski tournaments could happen so i've still got eligibility for another two years so mm -hmm. i'm gonna fulfill that um and the different years are called you've got your your first year is called your freshman year mm -hmm. second year is called your sophomore year your third year is called your junior year and your fourth year is called your senior year so i'm in my senior year right now that's should, exciting should, should graduate in christmas which should be good oh same no that is exciting i feel like you're there's so many stereotypes from american films about what it's actually like to study there yes it's really interesting I, I had all those stereotypes in my mind when i first went all those years ago 2017. 2017 wow yeah um and have you or are you still competing for Britain or training whilst you're over there? So what's that situation? Yeah. Like? So a lot of the time, like you're... That does make sense. So you've had like a bit of studying with a bit of skiing really. And it's been like... Yeah. yeah. And you, you do seem to suit the whole like American student vibe. I don't know if it's just because you're really tall and I feel like Americans are tall, but I feel yeah. like... I feel like you probably suited that more than English universities. Yeah, I mean, I if I went to English university, if I had continued my UCAS and done everything, I would have just been like, right, when when am I going to go ski? Like, come on, mm. come on, well, I'm ready to go ski, and I'd only just be able to ski at the weekends, you know, which works for some people. But I'm like, you know, I didn't want to quite stop just yet, and I don't plan on doing anytime soon, really. So yeah, it was the best opportunity. No, yeah, yeah, that is cool. I feel like it's very dedicated. Did you find it hard moving over to America with the different like norms and cultural things? Yeah, well, I'm in Lafayette, which is like South Louisiana, so that's like Cajun country. What's the, the heart of Cajun. What's the accent like? It's a uh, southern accent, so uh, it's a little hick town sometimes. You know, you find some people where you, like what did you say you know um but it's you know it's good the the food's very different so you know we all eat cajun food sometimes over here we've heard of that cajun seasonings or anything you never heard of that like it's like it's just basically it's just spicy food basically okay. you know um but it's it's good it's good food usually you know they like their fish and their meat um and but yeah it's just something else to get used to and moving away from home in some respects was hard but i already knew a lot of the people that were there i knew a lot of my teammates already from skiing you know around europe and skiing in europeans and worlds and things like that and also training in florida so i knew a lot of my teammates already so i i had that support group you know we go with the motto of Cajun family now because we all help each other out, you know, when things get hard with whatever, whether it's skiing, families, like being at home, being away from home, school, anything like that, we all help each other out, which is great. Yeah, that is good. And were you sort of the only Brit to come over to Louisiana in like your course and that, or is there quite a lot of Brits? Um, 
In, in my course, yeah. Um, there's not many other British people in my course, but the war, there's two other British people there right now. Um, they're, they all, they're also skiers. And I think there's a couple of others in the university as well. Um, there was a few others that went to our, um, our rival university called Louisiana Monroe, which is about three hours north of Lafayette. Um, there was another two or three there as well. So yeah, it's not it's not uncommon for British skiers to uh, to go over to go over to America to study. You sounded so American then, like to study. I know. I, I know. know. <laughs> I was gonna say, do you think your your accent has changed? Like, um, do you have some like Americanisms? I would like to think not, but I know I do. You know, I was adamant that I would not change my accent, but you just especially since I, I didn't come home over Christmas. So like, cause everything got worse, England got locked down. You know, what was the point? Well, I mean, other, other than see my family, which I'd love to do, what was the real point in, you know, coming home? You know, so I, 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 I thought I'd stay out there. You know, my girlfriend, she's, um, she's, her family was really good to me. They kept me in. I've not been home for 10 months. Your tournaments you do for England and for Great Britain are usually like between July and August. They're usually in that time and like early September. And then all the collegiate, that's what we call it, like the collegiate tournaments, the college tournaments are in October, you know, end of September, October. Sometimes they overlap, but if you're doing like a international tournament, you'll ski for Great Britain. You know, I would ski for your country, like you ski for your country. Um, but if you go, if we go to a a collegiate tournament, you compete for the university. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I can feel like there's a few things you say, but then I feel like people in America be like, "Oh my gosh, you're so British! I love your accent." Because they like love yeah. the British accent, don't yeah. they? Oh, yeah you get that definitely get that all the time when especially when you're in bars or things like that or a party you're like oh my god you're from england that's so cool <laughs> you know? hmm. yeah wow um and then how's it i wanted to ask how it's been to like live in america so in terms of the whole elect when it was the election were you allowed to vote and like what was it like actually being in america when the sort of what parole was going on maybe when Trump didn't get in or he did and well you know yeah so I can't vote you have to be a, a permanent well you have to be a, a an American citizen to be able to vote I couldn't have voted in that election um could have voted in the British election election but I had to do a postal vote I didn't really know who I wanted to vote for anyway anyway that's another that's another story um but yeah that was because I'm in like the deep south. There are all Trump supporters there, mm-hmm. and you know you have to you don't have to keep your head down. You know there's some people that see things the other way as well. That were there were a big um, we got people big Republicans and big Democrats as well. There's not quite as many Democrats in the in the deep south. You know like Alabama, Mississippi, Alabama. Louisiana, Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So you don't have to keep your head low, but you just have to know who you're talking to and respect the, the, respect their beliefs, really. Yeah. You, know, you think, what the hell is Trump talking about? And he's the most stupid, stupid human being in the world, but some other people, you know, think he's a saint, you know, for different reasons. Yeah, definitely. And I guess, like, being actually in, like, in America when it was happening, I guess you'd be able to sort of see both, not see both sides, but you'd see both sides and have your own opinion, but, like, it'd be different to what the media tells us in England yeah. about it. You know, it's, it's like the BBC has to be as impartial as, has to be impartial. Sometimes I think they're not, sometimes I think they are, you know. But however, in America, they basically have free reign, like CNN, you know, covers one half of, you know, ABC and, you know, all of that will twist what has actually been said a little bit to suit their beliefs. Yeah, and Fox News as well, yeah. Fox, Fox is the biggest one. That is the one that twists it the most. Really? Yeah, so it's not like, it's not news, it's more like drama yeah drama and how's it been like in terms of covid because i feel like it's been obviously you had a lot more cases and deaths and stuff but then i feel like did you all have to like wear masks outside and everything at one point and then has it now but have have you been double like jabbed and there's no mask wearing yeah i I've been double jabbed with some of my girlfriend, you know, we knew we were coming back to England. So we thought that'd be easy, you know, it'd be easier just to have our jabs done. Um, you know, you've got a lot less people who, who uh, believe in the vaccine. You know, you've got less, fewer people that believe in this thing. So there's more for everyone else who does want to get it. So they, you know, here in England, you got, you know, the elderly and then, they're not quite as elderly and then the middle-aged and then you know it rolls down and things like that but in in america it was like oh well you, you all of a sudden you know pensioners could get it and then you know suddenly 18 year olds could get it as well below 18 it was like oh let's go anyway so they just rolled it out to everyone faster um but when it first hit, you know, there was a lockdown and there's a lot less people on the roads. You know, fuel prices went, you know, really, really cheap. I uh, noticed a lot less people on the roads and like at the shops. And at that point, you didn't have to wear a mask because that was when it first happened. And then like, I think it was like in April or no, it was more like May, something like that. You know, mask mandatory came in. And then different states released uh, a little differently to others you know the state governor had a lot more to do with deciding when things open up again compared to like the president or something mm-hmm. so that was, that's what that's what happened really and honestly now there's not too many restrictions you know as many people as they can can eat in a restaurant you know if you want a party of 10 to go and eat in a restaurant you can that's not a problem yeah and do you still have to wear masks in like shops and stuff? In Louisiana, I think they have just dropped the mask mandate. Um, it's but it's still up to the shops, like the stores themselves, if they want to like keep a, a mandate from mask. You know, so the store still has the power to for like to make people wear a mask. You know, so yeah. And like your supermarkets 
still make you wear a mask usually. Another case is like rising there, or is it not as bad now? Or are people? I'm just... not sure. Really. You know, I've been I've been back in England for about three three four weeks now. Um, I th I think things you know it's very similar to England. If you look at the graphs, like per million, you know, there's quite you know it's very similar. I think they've started rising a little bit, but not too much. Not enough to lock things down again, really. No, I don't think anywhere <clears throat> really can lock everything down and all that. Um, that's really interesting. And so you'll be able to you'll be able to go back to America when you when you want. You can get back in the country. Yeah, I've got a student visa. Right. Uh, so I can you know I can go back to the to the states, no problem. Yeah. So if anyone listening to this is thinking like they'd like to study in America on that, how like would you recommend it? And what what tips would you give them? I would I would definitely recommend doing it. You know, there's uh, you know, when I was at Bolton, I, I I spoke to someone who even did it for one semester, you know, for half a year or even a year, and they loved it as well. It's just a different way to school and to educate yourself and get educated it's good fun you'll find you like yes you're a long long way from home but in this day and age you've got facetime we've got zoom exactly what we're, what we're doing right now um so you can call your family whenever you like you can see their faces things like that and you will make friends like it will happen you know it's like going to university in london when you live in scotland you know okay you haven't got the time difference but you know you're not going to go home very often so like my family was like, oh my God, you're going to the, you're going to university in the States. Oh my God, it's so far away. Yeah, it's very far away. But how much would you really see me in the, in a regular world during school anyway? You know, come home probably at the summer and, and breaks and things like that. Um, but yeah, if you, if you, if you're thinking about doing it, go find the university that you want to go and visit, you know, you, you can go visit if you can, you know, try and find people in your school that are thinking about it as well speak to them about it um people can always contact me if they wanted to that wouldn't be a problem um yeah and just look into it and if you want if you want to do it do it good little motto good little motto um and so finally i just wanted to ask you in the future what is what are your plans is it going into sort of engineering jobs is it trying to be like full-time professional water skier Aaron Davis like what is the plan <laughs> I would love it's my dream to be like a professional water skier and like own, and own my own ski site so I can you know run my own ski site things like that that is a dream and it's a long way in the future I think um but in the in the short term you know in the next few years I'm planning to do my master's in America at the same university, I think. So that's another two years of school over there. You know, everything's extend, everything's bigger in America, even how long it takes to get through university. Um, but that should be fun. Hopefully that's plan A is to do my master's um, in systems technology, which is the graduate program for my, for my major, for my field of study. And then after that, I'm not really sure. People have asked me, do you plan on coming back to England? Do you stay in the States? I'm, I have no idea, honestly. Depends what gets offered to me at the time. You know, if I can come back and earn a good wage, I'll probably do that. 
if I if I get a job offer in America where they give me flexible hours and things like that, you know, it's it's all all got to be taken into consideration, really. Right. So you've not decided England or America? No, nope. I've always been a take it as it comes kind of person. You know, even moving out to the states, didn't really think about it until someone approached me and said, "Hey, I'm going to America." You know, and I was like, "Oh." That's a book. That's a good idea. And then I looked into it. You know, that's something else that people, if you're thinking about doing it, you know, you've got to get your all your scores submitted to university. You've got to do a few extra tests, uh, SATs or ACTs. You know, so tests a few times a few times a year, a lot easier than A levels and GCSEs. So, yeah, uh, it's all it is multiple choice most of it so yeah a little bit easier than English exams put it that way oh well thanks for chatting Aaron really enjoyed that and it's been nice to catch up yeah yeah nice to see you too thanks for listening and we'll see you next week To keep up to date with all things from a Lancashire Lass, follow on Facebook and Instagram at from a Lancashire Lass.